Leaders in Conversation with Noma Zibulo Changa. Hello, welcome back to the Leaders in Conversation, a community of CSUD leaders who through a plethora of experience have managed to hone their leadership skills. Today we are having one of our guests um, named Khadibulai Dishaba, but I will call her Khadi um, because I did go to school with her. So um, welcome Khadi, we are going to have a conversation about leadership, careers and all things corporate. I'm good, I'm good. Good, good. Um, Khadi, do you don't mind me calling you Khadi, hey? No. Or shall I, shall I call you with your full name? Um, so just for intro, I'm Khadi Bulaidi Shabi, but you can call me Khadi, yes. Thank you. Um, Khadi, you are the Managing Director at LPG Gas Association of South Africa. So talk to us about um, what the organization does. So um, we are the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Association of South Africa, LPGSA. Um, we are a non-profit organization formed in 1989. Um, we literally deal with all things gas, um, gas compliance. So what we basically do, um, we are responsible uh, for the promotion of safety of gas, the promotion of, of use of gas in the country. Mm -hmm. um, but we do that through best practices and through compliance. Um, LPGSA, as we refer to it, is uh, mandated by the Department of Labor to literally safeguard uh, the interest of gas, LPG in particular, mm. in the country. Mm. Um, we teach consumers, we teach practitioners, we teach um, everybody all things about gas mm. in general. Mm. Um, and we look after the compliance thereof and the safety. Um, we like most of our work is mandated through the pressure equipment regulations, yeah. which falls under OSHAC the mm -hmm. Occupational Health, Health and Safety, Safety Act. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, we do have a direct line uh, reporting into the Department of Employment and Labor. Okay. Though we are also an industry association, yes. we do have our own advocacy yeah. and our own lobbying work yeah. uh, where we try to influence legislations, uh, safety standards mm -hmm. around um, LPG in yeah. particular. And um, like I said, one of our main core function is to train um, LPG practitioners, mm. and those are the installers, the people that come into your house and yes. do the gas installations. Yes. Um, we, 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 we work with them, we train them, we are mandated to train them through SAQCC gas. Yeah, so tell me, um, there's been, a, I'm sure there's been an increase in, in, in the gas consumption or just, you know, an increase in, in, in usage of gas. Yes. Um, have you seen that increase or is there any stats that, um, um, you know, satisfy what I'm, what, I'm, what, what, what I'm thinking or what is my opinion? Uh, it's not really an opinion, it's, 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 a, it's a fact, if I may use that yeah. word. Um, is, has there been a stats? Um, like, like I was saying, one of the reasons that, one of the things we do is um, permitting. Yeah. Uh, we, we manage the permitting schemes for cylinders, for appliances, yeah. for the, on behalf of the Department of Labor. So every LPG appliances that comes into the country has to be permitted by LPGSA. If it's not permitted by LPGSA, it's illegal. It's illegal. Okay. You can't use it in your house. And we have seen a tremendous increase yeah. of appliances permits coming through. Yeah. But at the same time, 
like I said, with uh, installations of guests, we have seen many people mm. um, doing guest installations in their homes. I mean, think about it. You yeah. cook better guess. with guests. <laughs> you heat water better with, with guests. Guess. Every yeah. South African knows that your guest warms your house better yeah. in winter. Yeah. And yeah. we have moved away from that country that use guests only mm. in winter to now throughout, throughout the, season. the season. I'll tell you what, this December, was the busiest December for our practitioners. It, was it not because of load shedding? It is load shedding. <laughs> thank, um, not thank you load shedding, but thank you load shedding because our <laughs> practitioners got a lot of job yeah. and all of a sudden their qualifications mm. uh, became meaningful. Mm. And as such, on our side as well, we had to ramp up on compliance mm. because yeah. we don't yeah. want the consumers out there who knows nothing to be, you know, yeah. um, uh, target of unscrupulous yeah. behavior yeah. but um, we are very proud as LPJ say that our practitioners always uh, do the right thing and yeah. where they have not done the right thing and they get approached to correct the situation yeah we, we they are able to listen to us and then go correct the situation I cannot wait to start installing gas in my please do. house please do <laughs> install this array of installation installers out there yeah. that are waiting to help you okay yeah thank you for that so talk us through what exactly is your responsibility as the managing director at lpg guest association um can i say um, um, um uh, i have to steer the ship <laughs> <laughs> um so so one of our um, role objective or strategic objective is to grow or to to, to grow the LPG market mm. in the country mm. uh, right now um, ESCOM is doing that for us very yeah. well yeah I may say so but we we are my, one, my biggest role is to develop yeah. uh, to implement and to monitor the strategies um, mm. around that growth and mm. it has to be one that is sustainable. Mm. I mean, think about it. We are in a compliance, a very highly regulated environment, yeah. and that needs compliance. So uh, that's one of my role, uh, steering the ship strategically. Mm. Um, I, I, I do manage um, a group of, of young people mm. uh, that are very professional. Which we are going are, to get to. We are going to talk <laughs> about that. Uh, that, that, that are, uh, I must say professional in mm. their work, and they are very technical in their work. Um, and at the same time, I, I have to manage PNL. Just because we're a non-profit organization doesn't mean PNL can be managed. So we have to manage its PNL. finances, etc. Its finances. It has to make sense. Remember, uh, we have to do campaigns out there mm. promoting, teaching consumers about LPG. I can't come and say consumer, I want to touch to, to you know to to charge you for teaching you about the safety of LPG. Yeah. We teach you about the safety of LPG using the finances that we have or the funds that mm. we already have in our mm. disposal uh, from our membership, from mm. other activities mm. that we do such as training. Yeah. And, 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 and with the hope that then that will grow the industry sustainably mm. and people will understand that gas is safe to use. Yeah. Uh, not really a dangerous thing. And people will have access to energy, which is something that a lot of South Africans mm. are deprived of. We actually need to convert my mother because she still believes that gas is dangerous. <laughs> Give me two minutes with your mother and I will, I will sort her out. I will tell yeah. you this. Uh, up until age 30, I was afraid to use gas. Mm. And I grew up in my family using gas, but I was that guy mm. in the house who stands there. Mm. And yet my 13-year-old sister would be able to use gas, use not it. me. Mm. But at age 30, I said, no way. I'm not going to go another through Cape Town winter again. <laughs> so, yes. And then I went into the shop and asked to be helped, to be taught yeah. about gas. And then they taught me. Yeah. And then I haven't looked back since. So tell me, how did you get to occupy such a, a, a high-level C-suite role as a managing director of this big association in South Africa um, as a young black professional? Just talk us through your career journey. 
um, I was actually approached about this role and I can tell you for two years I threw my tantrum. I didn't want to go it. Mm. Um, and why was that? I will, let me get to back. I'll tell you, you'll understand okay. why I didn't want to do it in the first place. Um, but the role started, like my journey when I look back, it started like 18 years ago when yeah. I entered the petroleum industry. Yeah. Um, and I started in the middle office uh, mm. where you do all things, compliance, mm. risk management. Yeah. And, and that's where actually I found my niche. Mm. I was an accountant all the other years. And then I really was a miserable accountant. And um, when I got into the petroleum industry in the middle of his functions mm. as, as a risk, price risk manager or price risk management role, mm -hmm. uh, trade controls, I found my role. Your interest, your passion. I found my interest, my passion. And I went through different companies within mm -hmm. the petroleum industry, yeah. um, dealing mainly with main fuels, your petrol, your diesel, your paraffin, yeah. HFO, you name them. Um, but then when I did my last job, my yeah. previous job at another association, which was South African Petroleum Industry Association, SAPIA, mm. um, I then got involved in LPG fully now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we started working on policies of LPG mm. um, and I, I, I mean some of the policies that we have right now mm. I must say um, I'm proud that I was like very instrumental in developing them and we are and proud yes. that you have been <laughs> instrumental so, as a young black professional yeah. yes and 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 when I um, through all that hard work mm. uh, and I will say it was hard work it was a lot of work that we did um, as a group as a team yeah. uh, within Sapia within the government spaces mm -hmm. um, then the LPG Association, who were part of the work of us, they said, we are looking for a leader, can you come? And yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> and they go, why? I'm like, no, I don't mm. want to work in that industry. Mm. Um, I don't want to work in that association. That's not for me. I love LPG as an energy source, and I will always advocate yeah. for it, but I don't want to work there. Yeah. And um, I had my reasons. My reasons were, were simply because I, I just felt that it was exclusive to other people. Yeah. Um, the association was focusing on exclusively to other people. It had no interest in um, developing young people. Mm -hmm. It had no developing women, mm -hmm. black people in general. So, 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 so there was a lack of gender inclusivity. There was a lack of diversity. Yeah. In, in the association, in yeah. my views. Yeah. And um, one of the board members said, maybe that's your opportunity to change it. We know you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and who else maybe here's a point. If it's not you. Yeah, and then here's a point. And I started wanting to go into an LPG business myself. And mm. I started seeing the hoops that I have to always cross. And I'm like, uh, maybe I must go back to those guys and say, mm. I'll do it. I'll go fix, then mm. I'll go and do my job mm. and, and open my own business yeah. in LPG. And that's how I ended up in this role. Mm. Um, because I hope I'm going to do it. Uh, I want to fix the hurdles. So mm -hmm. that uh, it's easy for people to enter into the industry. What type of hurdles are you talking about? Are you referring um, to? Obviously, there's there's hurdles of um, lack of education mm -hmm. for both entrepreneurs, young mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, females. Um, a lack of understanding. Mm. Even though I thought I had an understanding of the industry, I don't think I actually quite grasp mm. what the industry is all about. Yeah. And then um, there's obviously the barriers, obviously, to entry yeah. in terms of, of, of supply of the product. Mm. There's barriers to entry in terms of um, finances. Mm -hmm. uh, for everybody, we know that's a lot of businesses there like that, yeah. and it's a very uh, capital-intensive business. Industry. Yeah. The last one, the last thing I needed was to 
have a hassle of not understanding the industry, not understanding the compliance requirements. After I went through the barriers of supply, the barriers of yeah. finance, mm. and then my business is going to fail because of yeah. what I didn't understand compliance. Mm. And, um, and, and, and that is, I said to my team, I say to my team all the time, yesterday I said it as well. Remember what is our function. We are not here to kill businesses. We are here to help them comply. And the only way we know how to do is to teach them how to comply. Mm. End of story. We can't do anybody favors. We can't do yeah. jump and hoops, but we can teach them how to comply. That's our expertise mm. and that's what we will do and that's what we'll do best. Yeah. And we then go and teach our, co our consumers about safety mm. of LPG and that's what we do. Yeah. as an organization. Are there opportunities for young black entrepreneurs in the gas industry? I do believe there are. I do believe this is one of those industries uh, where small businesses can thrive, can be mm. developed um, in, in this. Uh, and let me make an example. In the value chain of LPG, mm. you have, um, I'll, I'll use rural areas yeah. mainly. I'm from Kwakwa, so I'm always are biased towards rural areas. And advocating for rural areas. I always advocate for rural areas. And that's where jobs are needed the most. I mm. mean, I, ca I had to come to Joburg to Cape Town to get a job. Mm. And that's where jobs are needed the most. And small businesses we know can create jobs. Mm. And um, if you have a value chain of LPG, you have your big LPG filling plant. Yeah. And then within that, you can actually have small distributors who yes. already distribute, who already sells um, LPG that's already filled mm. out of this. And then taking it to older women, uh, they can also be people doing LPG appliances maintenance mm. as small businesses. They can do installations as small businesses. Yeah. And um, um, there's, there's a, the DDG in one of the, in the DM, DMRE who, who yeah. likes saying, Hadi, when are we going to create Bucky Boys? Mm. And Bucky Boys or Wheelbarrow Boys are basically um, people who can easily, with their strength, young people, mm. take LPG from a distribution point, i.e. from a filling plant, to a grow uh, to an old grandma mm. sitting who has, who's mm. able to carry an LPG it's cylinder a, mm. all by themselves uh, from one point to the other. And those that's why we term them the Bucky Boys or the Wheelbarrow Boys, mm. because that's the opportunities we see and that's opportunities we, we want to create in it, or at least create a conducive space for. For them to thrive. For them to thrive. And LPG can do that. Mm. Uh, can Is create. LPG doing that? At this moment, I don't think we are fully doing that to where, to, to, to what its, its full capacity. To its full capacity, mm. but I know we will. Okay, and I, and I can trust in that. Um, so you've started Bcom, um, Bachelor of Commerce, yes. Bachelor of Commerce. Yes. So talk me through that journey, what you've studied and what was your interest um, in you choosing to study um, Bachelor of Commerce? It was pure coincidence and desperation. <laughs> I wanted to... Did you have a clear <laughs> career guidance? I had a clear career guidance. Uh, you know, people can argue that they didn't have funds, they didn't have career guidance. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I had a proper clear career guidance. I wanted to be a journalist from age 12, but I wanted to be a war zone journalist. Yeah, yeah. And what an interesting I, Yeah, and I wanted, I field. got a scholarship. That's how well I worked hard for it. Mm. I got a scholarship to go and study in Australia yeah. to be a war journalist. Mm. But before I went, they allowed, they wanted us to do a foundation program certificate, which is like a pre-entry pre thing yeah. for the year. And throughout, and I mean, 18, 19 years old, I realized that 
I'm not a violent person. I will mm. not survive in a war journalism. Yeah. I didn't want to do any other journalism except war journalist. Mm. And that's when I think I even had a meltdown. Mm. Um, I had to go through counseling. Mm. Um, luckily, I, my scholarship was quite responsible. It was in a government, Australian government mm. scholarship. And um, I was allowed to change. And the one thing that I could change to was become accounting. Mm. And I didn't lose my scholarship as a result. Okay. And um, I, I studied become accounting. Mm. I'm actually I certified <laughs> uh, practicing accountant in Australia. I never came back to South Africa to do that. And for at least five, six years of my first working life yeah I was an accountant cost accountant management mm. accountant and um, I had good managers mm. I must say who realized how miserable I was yeah. as an accountant and they said have you thought about looking at other aspects mm. of, of, of jobs that you can be good tap at into. you can tap mm. into and everything and they guided me as much as they can guide but they also taught me that the final decision is mine is because I have to live with that yeah. and um, I wanted to get into the petroleum industry mm. for some reason, guess an oil and gas industry. And I got into the company then, I yeah. don't know, BP. Mm -hmm. um, and I got into the middle office where I'm dealing with price risk management, mm. governance, and um, So quite you know, a number of um, facets that you can choose from, but within your industry, within your field. Yeah, they're all linked, mm. trade controls yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I found myself. Mm. I was. It wasn't far from an accounting study, yeah. uh, but I found myself. Yeah. I still had to do PNL. I, yeah. I couldn't run away from it yeah. uh, in terms of reporting. But the other element where we're talking governance, where we're talking price risk management, yeah. interested me mm. so much that I did it pretty much for the past 18 years. Mm. But I then started working on strategy as well, yeah. where you're getting, introducing regulatory environment, mm. aligning company strategies regulatory environment yeah. and um, so a lot of governance issues a lot of mm. governance issues that I started doing yeah. a lot of strategic work that I started doing and when I went into pure regulatory environment yeah. mm. um, I will tell you this I think I'll work I'll do well as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy I do know I do know these policies quite um, well and um, I've been lucky yeah. enough and privileged enough to be part of their formation yeah. So um, and and um, yeah. So I, th I think for me that regulatory environment, that controls, that compliance, that governance, that's my space. Yeah. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you for that. We are going to go to an ad break and then we're gonna come back. And I do want us to talk about um, your career journey, how you've moved um, from a graduate to the position that you are in, because our viewers would like to learn more about that. Um, and because they are as aspiring sisterhood leaders and they want to get to that level of position. So we're gonna to touch on some of the challenges that we had experienced in corporate and what lessons did you take from those challenges that we had experienced. This is after the ad break, um, so tune in for more. Welcome to Doughty Moments, our home for fun, creativity, concept creation, floral design, and all things beautiful. This is a space for our clients to come and talk to us about their event vision, be it a wedding, a party, a corporate event, any event of any kind, really. We play around with ideas here. We love, we sometimes have a nice glass of wine or whiskey to keep their creativity coming. Above all else, we've created a space for our clients to relax, 
visualize the event and be excited about it. We absolutely love what we do. We are so passionate about creating these beautiful moments for our clients. We are addicted to seeing our clients' happy faces when they step into that moment where their vision has come to life. We live for those moments. True to our name, we still thrive to dote over all of our clients as well as we possibly can. We are Doty Moments. the leaders in conversation. I am still with Kharibolai Deshaba, the managing director of LPG, um, Gas Association of South Africa. Um, we were talking about her career, how she got um, entered into the space, and we are now moving into um, some of the challenges that she had experienced while she was in corporate, as well as um, some of the advice that she can give to aspiring C-suite leaders to reach the level that she has reached. So welcome back, um, Khadi. So yeah. talk to me about um, what, what can um, young black women do to get into the space? What is it that they can study? And um, what career path can they follow when they want to get into the gas industry? So um, there are a lot of jobs, I think, different career paths that yeah. you can follow. Uh, they, there are technical jobs that you can do uh, in the space. There are, I guess, soft skills jobs, uh, as like they call human them, the humanities <laughs> uh, that you can do. Uh, you just need to, to, to know your your own path what is that that you want to do in what space um if you work in the technical places uh the this perfect engineers process engineers uh yes refineries aren't yeah. so prevalent anymore but they are there mm. um but at the same time uh, globally i mean we are no longer confined to working in south africa isn't Definitely. it young people need to be reminded that you global citizens your wings. we are yeah. global citizens you can work anywhere in the world you want and you can go and work in any refinery in any gas fields all over the world yeah. um, and having to study in South Africa yeah. in, the, in, in the engineering space, in all the technical spaces, environmental spaces, um, so you are not restricted. Even as an accountant, you can work anywhere in the field. Um, I'm, I'm talking to somebody in New Zealand. Uh, mm. I know that they're looking for like people from accounting space mm. to work in the oil and gas industry yeah. um, in, in, in New Zealand. And so there are opportunities, there are opportunities everywhere and in South Africa and globally, so mm. don't restrict yourself. Yeah. Um, choose the industry you want to go in. Do you want to go to oil? Do you want to go to gas? Um, and what it, what it takes to get in there? Um, and, and go with it. Run with yeah. it. Plan your career yeah. and run with it. Yeah, I love that. Plan your career and run with it. I love that. So what are some of the hurdles or challenges that you have encountered as you were climbing the corporate ladder? Once I found what I wanted to do, and made my own plans, plan A, B, C, D, and E, and there was a lot of plans yeah. <laughs> uh, so that I can keep myself. Fails, you go I'm to able B. To, yes. yes, I've been lucky. I haven't gone beyond plan C. Okay, that's um, good. I've, I've stuck to, like, that's the highest plan I've gone mm. to. Um, but I think um, one of the biggest um, hurdles that mm. I came through was discrimination. Mm. Um, as, as, as black people, um, as women, 
uh, we face a lot of discrimination mm. in the workplace, mm. and um, I wasn't I, I wasn't able to survive it. I, I did I had to go through it. Mm. Um, do I want anybody to go through it? No, I don't want anybody to go through yeah. it as well. Um, but um, you 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 need to to be resilient. Yeah. Um, you you need to not let people dissuade you mm. um, into what you want to achieve mm. just because they're being maybe racist that mm. because the lack of diversity in companies mm. that you work for if anything fight for it that's what i did mm. um i was a and quite a headache. Like, yeah yes. yeah and and, and i did I, I belong to transformation committees of the organization and i was vocal about it um but um and and in that way i was fighting for myself but I was also fighting for, for my colleagues. Others, yeah. So that, that's what I did, and that's how I overcame that one. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't afraid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I understand people who are afraid. Yeah. Uh, and um, but try to, you know, dig deep and and get that out of yourself if yeah. you are facing that. But the biggest one, which I think anybody can 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 get through, can go with through mm. with, is basically not being able to align your own career path mm. uh, with the organization yes. succession plans mm. and I came across that the one company that I wanted to stay in could not accommodate my my, my career mm. plans and that's a big um, one that's a big one mm. and that was a bummer for me mm. and that's when I had to reach out in my plan C mm. uh, because plan A plan B didn't work out mm. so I had to reach out in plan C so simply make a plan mm. and always make sure that your plan is solid so that when the other one doesn't work, you are able to navigate through the other one. And um, I have learned this later on, and I think it's important to share, that um, we all expect the organization yeah. to do things for us. Yeah. Not all the time are they going to be able to do those things for us. Yeah. Uh, just remember that you have embodied into a family with its own cultures. And where it doesn't suit you and your purposes, perhaps it's off rampant. Yes. Yeah. And just don't be destructive. A lot of yeah. people stay in organization and become, and become destructive. destructive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just don't be destructive. Realize that it's not working out here because your plan and the organization plan is not it's being not aligned. aligned. Yeah. Yes. And I had to leave the company I wanted to stay in yeah. because yeah. we were not alignment. aligned. Yeah. Yes. There was not alignment. And then I'm, I'm back in my path. Mm. Um, I'm back and in you my were plan not destructive. A. I think that's very, that's a very good um, uh, point because we, we, we find a lot of young professionals um, when they not when, when their values or, or their career path is not aligned to what the organization is offering, yeah. they start to become destructive. And, and, and what often happens is that that hinders their promotions or that hinders their success within the organization. Or outside. Even outside. Because yes. remember, organization speaks to each other. This is a small world. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're going to meet that person somewhere and they're going to say, mm -hmm. not this one. Not this one. This yes. one, no man. No, no, no. We yeah. know her from the other organization. Or yeah. they can call. That's why references are there. We can call the other organization and say, what's this kind of person? Mm. And they may not want to talk about your positives and yeah. decide to talk about but your negatives. negatives. Yeah. So just be careful that uh, when things don't work out for you with your plans, mm. you, you know, mm. excuse leave. yourself. Excuse yourself. Mm. Uh, don't be dormant. No, we're not mm. saying be dormant. No, you can't be dormant. I, I refuse for, to say to young mm. people to be dormant. Mm. Don't be a dormant, yeah. but don't be destructive either. Yeah. And so just just uh, strike the balance of being professional. Yes, be professional. Mm, That's yes. the best way to say it. So moving right along to leadership, which is what the podcast is all about. So what does leadership mean to you and how important is it? So for me, leadership speaks to abilities. And um, a lot of 
conversations and a lot of people who write, they, they say let's differentiate between management and leadership. And leadership. Yes. Uh, you can, I'm, I'm from the school that says you can teach management. I don't think you can teach leadership. Yeah. Um, but again, I have learned a lot of few things yeah. so that improves on leader, my leadership style, or at mm. least that's what I think. Improves, yes. Yeah, that improves on my leadership style. And um, for me, it speaks to abilities. Mm -hmm. Your abilities to change a situation, mm. a, a futile situation, your ability to influence those you work with uh, into the direction, not a destructive one, the correct path, or at least what seems to be an organization's uh, path, what mm. seems to be... Well, in our countries, yeah. the objective, uh, the strategic objectives, that leads to that. So me, that's what it speaks of, influencing mm. young people mm. uh, to reach out and be yeah. the best in their fields. And they are the best in their fields, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and you can learn something so that you improve yeah. uh, in your own abilities. So for me, that's what leadership speaks to. It mm. speaks to your abilities to adapt abilities to situations. To adapt, yes. Yes. Abilities to take the past, learn from it, utilize it into inf useful data or useful uh, situations and then move forward. Forecast planning. Forecast planning. Mm. That's what to me leadership speaks to and mm. that's what leadership is. Yeah, uh, I, 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 love, I, I love the fact that you're talking about influence because influence is a very uh, big thing. Yes. You are not a leader because you are placed in a certain position. No. You can only be a leader once you are able to influence Yes. Those that you are leading. And, and the situations, and, and, and once you are able to influence organizations, can I tell you, today yes. is my grandfather's um, birthday. Yes. Uh, he has since passed on a while back. Yeah. Um, he would have been over 100 years. Um, happy heavenly birthday. Yes. Happy heavenly birthday to my grandfather. And my grandfather used to say to me, and I thought, now I think my grandfather used to pump me up here. Yeah? Yes. And my grandfather used to be, you know, you're going to be big growing up. You're going to be influencing the stock market. So my guess, what, what is, is that? that? <laughs> and everything. And I grew up with that mentality that I'm going to do that. But now that I'm grown, I understand what it means to influence something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what it, uh, I mean, he pumped me up. And I do believe I can influence some stuff. And I do believe that's what leadership is about. about. Influencing your ability to influence. Yeah, I love that. So how can we best lead the Gen Zs? So we've got this generation that is entering or has entered the workplaces yeah. today. So those um, um, that are called um, Gen Zs and the millennials, we yes. can't leave them behind. So how can we best lead the millennials and, and the Gen Zs? I, I would say how best lead any generation. Okay, I love that. Not just those. Yeah. Um, think about it. What frustrated you the most about your managers or the organizations you work with? The fact that you were not heard, yeah. you were not listened to, yeah. you were told what to do and do it, no thought, like you, you are a robot, yeah. you do it. That's yeah. what. Um, do A, do A. Do A, do B, don't question. Mm. You can't work like that with this generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine the how and it much frustrated they, us. It's, it, it frustrated us. So why would you want to carry that tradition into mm. this generation? Mm. So try to listen. Mm. Try to listen. Try yeah. to learn so mm. that you can improve yourself. Mm. And for me, that's that's about how you manage them. That's how you lead them. Mm. Uh, working with them, and you will be surprised what you'll get out of them. I work with a team of young people. Yeah. Uh, I have at least two Gen Zs mm. and few millennials. And they're so creative yeah. and they're so smart. And half the time I go like, oh, I'm so glad I can listen to them. 
yes. Um, of course, that does not take away the res your responsibility to be accountable. accountable. And, and maybe and guide to them. And to guide them. You have to guide them. Mm. Um, they are smart about some stuff, but they are a little they need bit inexperienced on, yes. about other stuff. So where you are more experienced than them, you can guide them uh, and you work towards a solution together. But I do know for sure that my team is much more creative than I am. Yeah. 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 So there's an element of creativity that they bring into the into, into the, the table. Yes. Yes, yes. And since I think, oh, I say I'm strategic. Mm. Um, I then take their creativity and my strategy know Merge how, and then we take it place, and we we and we it becomes something. a full on product. It becomes a full on product. Yes. So tell me, Khadi, what do you want to be remembered for as a leader? Um, when I was in one organization, a long time ago, um. This one of the managers, I think yeah. he was trying to discourage me. He says, oh, you have a sense of justice, mm. isn't it? A full-on mm. just sense of justice. And you know, in a workplace, that's going to be your downfall. Mm. I was like, ah, that's not a bad downfall to have. Mm. It's actually a good one. It's a good downfall I can to leverage have. on it. That I, I want justice for mm. other people and mm. for myself. Mm. That's the one that I will take. Mm. And that's what I want to be remembered as. Ah. The, 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 stood the, for the, justice. the girl what from is Gwagwa right. who stood for what is right, mm. no matter what, and it's mm. hard, it's hard, I understand people who choose other ways, yeah. it's hard to always stand for justice, mm. but you have to mm. pick a lane of justice and stick with it. And that speaks to ethical leadership, so tell yes. me about the importance of ethical leadership. So ethical leadership from my understanding, it's, it talks about um, doing the right thing when no one else is doing, um, it. Is doing it and when no one else, even when no one else is watching. Even when no one else is watching, you have to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is what, from my understanding of ethical leadership, yeah. is. And, and, and you can't say, I'm behind closed doors, let me change it. Yeah. Remember, people look up to you. Young yeah. people look up to you as Norma. Mm. Uh, older people look up to you. And the minute that they mm. get wind of this yeah. behavior that you entered into, that is not so ethical. Imagine how many hopes are you going to dash? So take that responsibility. Yeah. I mm. do believe I'm a servant leader, though. Yeah. Uh, that's what resonates uh, with me. Actually, let's talk about being a servant leader. What does that mean? What, for, for people you know, that don't know what servant leadership is, what is um, servant leadership? And, and my understanding of it, not the textbook understanding of it, is that um, doing, for me, it's, it's, it's the doing. Uh, be the doer. Not for, for yourself, not for, for others. Mm -hmm. and, and, so that's and where the justice comes in. That's where in. the justice comes mm -hmm. in, yes. Um, always roll up your sleeve. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough, one of the first organizations um, in the oil industry yeah. I worked for, I worked with a lot with people who roll up their this sleeve and got their hands dirty. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for the good yeah. of the organization, for mm -hmm. the good of the employees. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I, 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 I attracted me the most yeah. in a workspace. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do in a yeah. workspace. And that's what I always strive to be, a servant leader. Mm. Do you believe in mentorship? I do believe in mentorship. Talk me about. Talk me through that. Um, we all need to be guided. We all need to be shown a path. We all yeah. need um, somebody to call up and say, "Am I still in the right path? Mm. Uh, what uh, What can you help me with?" Mm. Right. Um, it can be formal. It can be informal. informal. I have a lot of informal mentorship. Same here. Same um, here. Uh, the formal ones, I find it too stifling. To Miss, same here. <laughs> and I, I also don't like to be told what to uh. do. And some of them, you find a mentor who tells, who wants to tell you what to do. And I've um, actually never had a structured formal mentor. Same here. It's always been 
informal and structured exactly. but i always take something from them you always take something from them i have like i don't uh, and it boils down to like um now getting into a formal every mm. morning 10 o'clock saturday have a conversation mm. sometimes it ends two hours sometimes yeah. it's two and a half hours with uh the person i call my mentor i met mm. him when i was 19 years old mm. and i haven't looked back because mm. he hasn't failed me but mm. even in the workspace whenever i go yeah. i always pick somebody mm. as a mentor same here uh, and somebody that i can always bounce things ideas to and and say uh yeah. is this the i mean the right path yeah. what would you do but yeah. you know what the mentors and and things that mm. you must remember uh, when you get into that relationship of mentorship mm. and advices that and mm. coaches coaches and mm. everything you need to understand you're still responsible for your own for your personal own journey. personal journey for your own decisions they can't make those decisions for you mm. they can guide you mm. and you might as well chuck everything that they have said and continue yeah. with something else yeah. that's okay but yeah. be responsible for it yeah yeah so tell me do you have any um you know mentees that you mentoring I also have informal mentees uh, that I'm mentoring um, and um, like I can make a call to somebody they also have the opportunities to do that yeah um, yeah. I've always also imposed myself on some of them yeah uh, because I could see the they potential need guidance here and, there, and they yeah. need guidance and um, I'm, I'm always proud when they do well yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very proud when they see them doing well it's like I feel like it's also my achievement yeah, yeah. so tell me a lot of young black um, women professionals they often um, you know fall out um, in corporate around um, junior management uh, middle management before they even reach a senior management level and let alone a c-suite level yes. so w what would you say um, is, is is the you know um, some of the things that can make them to stay in corporate what are the what are the things that they can overcome in corporate so that they can remain and become the c-suite leaders so that's a difficult one for me to answer in a sense that I have chosen not to have a family. Yeah. And for some odd reason, um, I've seen women, especially like you say, once mm. they reach that little mi middle management, mm. that's when they decide to, to get married. That's mm. why they decide to have kids mm. and, um, and, and they want to change their focuses. Yeah. Um, and then once their kids are all grown, they want to go back and yeah. pick up where they left. left. Mm. And, and um, so it, what makes it difficult is because I didn't make those choices. Mm. I made the choice to continue mm. um, within my, my jobs, within my career, mm. without um, a family. Mm. And um, I would say to the women, don't give up. You can have your cake and eat it. Mm. You want to have a family and a successful career, you can do it. It's possible. Mm. Um, we have one of the best labor law in South Africa that, that supports us to go and, and do that. Us. And protect us. Get acquainted with it. And where you're feeling discouraged because you've seen certain behaviors within the organization mm. that makes you feel like um, you made a wrong decision to go and choose to have a family, use the labor law for yourself mm. and do that. I, and I think... It's, it's the best way I can say it because I didn't choose that path and mm. that's a choice that I made. But other people really do choose to have and go yeah. in family yeah. and they want to keep that traditional family mm. sense Structure. Mm. Um, where the women is a support for mm. the family, for the men and everything. That's, that's okay, that's allowed, mm. do it. That's what you want to do mm. and don't, don't, get, don't let anybody else distract you from, from that. From that, yeah. Yes. I love that. Don't let anybody. And we're different. I mean, we can choose different things. Yes. Um, so what's next for you, Khadi? What, what, what's next? You, you've worked 
for a number of companies. You've occupied all the levels within the organization. Um, you are now sitting at a top level of an organizational structure. And I do believe that you also sit in various boards, various committees. So what's next for you? Ah, what's next for me? I'm not so sure um, <laughs> because one, uh, I, I really do love the LPG industry, yeah. the energy space yeah. where we are in, and I want to stay longer in it yeah. um, and, and be the energy professional that yeah. I think I can be. Yeah. Um, and for now, um, that, that is my focus, yeah. uh, to working with our country, yeah. helping with our country through this energy crisis and, 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 and doing that. Um, and after that, I'll go and run my LPG business there in the corner of Kwa Kwa. In the corner and of it's going to be very successful. <laughs> and I believe that it's going to be very successful. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. We've come to the end of the Leaders in Conversation. Um, a conversation between myself and Khadi, who's the Managing Director at LPG Gas Association of South Africa. And it was just such a privilege to have you on board um, with thank us you. to have this conversation. And thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.